Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You want people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one pounder with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? Boy, with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw sacrifice at my... my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, uh, it's my time uh, <laughs> how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superheroes speak i'm your host dave and no i am not john, drunk yeah i mean <laughs> stop stealing my shtick i'm john I guess I'm JD. I don't know what the hell's going on here. <laughs> Neither do I. I'm just in a mood. For love? Uh, God, you beat me to it by seconds. No, no, I've got plenty of love. Just in a mood. <laughs> so for a melody? You... you in a mood for a melody? Are you in a yes. mood? I am, I'm in the mood for a melody. That Robert Plant solo album from the 80s. Who's going to sing? Like Robert Plant. No, John. John's got oh. a lovely voice. Yeah, but not for Robert Plant. Although I remember doing Sledgehammer, but it's been a while. That's Peter Gabriel. Oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> so how's everyone doing? John, how are you? How is your life treating you? Eh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> still, still, still working on, on Minecraft mod, putting together some stuff with my, my nephew that's working out with me is on vacation. So I'm just working out some details. We're about to start creating blocks in Minecraft and we're trying to figure out what kind of magic system he wants to make or tech system. So that's going well. Otherwise, you know, a fairly anemic summer season for for anime. I've only got three that I'm watching right now, and I'm rewatching Dragon Maid. So nothing there. I finished all of the outstanding Jim Butcher books. Ah, I, 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 and and next up, I've got I've got two more. I've got Benedict Jacka next. I'm going to finish all the books I've missed over the last couple of years. Whereas if you press to read. And then after that, I'm going to go through all of JD's books. And JD, is there an order to your books? Did you go on to, what is it, to Goodreads and like make an order there for your books? Goodreads is the worst place on earth. Is um, it really? Oh, it's horrible. I, if, I, if you're an author, stay there. Your advice is stay away from Goodreads. Really? Why? So I, people are meaner on Goodreads than they are in Amazon traditionally. Mm. Like if you have like a four and a half star rating on Amazon, traditionally it's like 4.1 in Goodreads. With something i mean just, good but the point of goodreads is to like basically keep track of what the authors it's easier to keep track of what the author's putting out get all your authors together you know in your own list and and then be able to see what the i mean normally they they put all of their books in order there so you can see what the order is in amazon sometimes it you know doesn't really tell you what the order is well mine are ordered like my the numbers are actually uh, all of them there's actually the numbers are actually on the cover like it's volume one, volume two, volume three. So you can actually see it there for. Uh, see, I, uh, I, I've got all the hardcovers from all the Kickstarters I've done with you, but I'm also getting them on Kindle because, mm -hmm. you know, it's easier to read them there. 
Kindle is an easy place to read. I finished a book last night on Kindle. Yeah, but they're all they're all right there. So you can just look okay. Uh, so not only does he not pay attention to the podcast, he doesn't pay attention to visual clues you have on your books, JD. I I'm not going to say a bad word about John <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. You will, however, murder me <laughs> multiple times. Multiple. Uh, let's see. Shared. This one doesn't. This one doesn't have a, a number on it because it's number one. Grab oh, the next one. Bucket. Grab the next one. <laughs> oh, volume two. Volume two. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, now you know you got to reprint this one with volume one on it, right? Then I got to pay to have it recut. Then they're going to charge me to have that redone. Well, so, when you get when you so get, it's fine. Yeah, but when you get you know when when you get uh, at some point at some point you have to you know pay to have all your stuff redone. So when I'm ready to do that, I'll I'll take that under advisement. Yeah, you, you get the volume out... 23, then you can get them all redone. I ain't, they ain't getting to volume 23. You got to put out the platinum edition and the and the like the five different covers of the same edition. <laughs> and the collector's edition. <laughs> the collector's edition, and then the compendiums. Don't forget the compendiums. I don't even know what a compendium is. When you put out volume one, two, and three in the same book, kind of like they did with the Bulgariad and the Malorian for uh, David Eddings. Ah. You can buy the individual books, or you can buy them. You know, two books with three books each. Oh, I do have that compendium. Okay, we used omnibus is the term I use for it. So I do have oh, okay. an omnibus for the first three Jericho books. Oh, cool. I have not done it for the last one. I probably should when the next before the next one comes out. So it's a good idea. Those are cheap to put together. What John? We oh, we are good. We've I, oh, I okay. wasted all that. <laughs> yes. How are you, JD? <laughs> Boy, what a week! I had a, a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Kickstarter closed. Broke my record for the most number of backers. I finally hit 100 backers on a Kickstarter. Excellent. I'm very happy about that. Awesome. So yeah, that was good. Now I can wait for the money to come in and start dishing out all these novellas to everybody. Very excited. That was good. Uh, this week, I have to tell you, did I make the official announcement yet? I haven't been hired by the, I haven't been approved by the board, but no one from DeKalb listens to this podcast, so I'll just <laughs> say it. I am teaching. I am now a teacher at yes. DeKalb High School, the school I've been coaching at since 2016. Yeah, they you said last me, week, do you know what you're teaching yet? Yeah, graphic communication. So I'm teaching graphics one and graphics three. That's it's Photoshop, InDesign, Illustrator, mm -hmm. those kind of things. Um, it's going to be weird because I don't, I'm just going to follow the syllabuses that that's been set before me because I don't know how to teach. And I'm also doing video production one second semester, which is right you, up my alley. You know how to teach. I do. I mean, like, so what I'm getting stressed about is not the kids and not the teaching. It's like the people, right? I've had so many meetings. I don't even know what ends up like all these computer programs we're supposed to use all these like different meetings we're supposed to have like to it's, it's not the kids that are stressing me out. It's everybody. It's all the teachers. Like that's yeah. where I find that my most level of stress is coming from. And like, I feel like they're making this not harder, but like, I feel like there's a lot. Right. Most and I feel like it's not, I don't know. Like I having not yeah. been, cause I, a lot of these people work their whole lives to do this. They were, they were in a bind and they had me and they said, Hey, State of Illinois will allow this. Are you interested? I said, yeah, I could kind of use a full-time thing because it takes a lot of the pressure off. Like, I don't want to be a videographer anymore. I kind of hate my day job. You know, Dave got a call. I hate my day job and I've been wanting reason to get out of it for a long time. And the writing is going good, but I'm not, I don't write to market. Like I write what I like. Like I write the stuff that I want to like, like mm -hmm. I want to read. I don't, I don't write like, well, this is the hot trend. This is what you should be writing. And it's weird because like in, in independent writing, they shame you. For doing that like you're shamed if you oh, for doing the writing whatever yeah. wants writing what you want writing what so, you so, want so, of writing so, what the market wants right so basically the skin books these days 
Like you gotta have you have romance with vampires and werewolves. <laughs> no, that no, sells no. a lot. That's that it. That's a hot genre. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But I mean, like, there's other stuff that you know you're told. Well, read what the read whatever what what's selling, and then you write the exact same book, but you put your own twist. I just don't, I'm not interested in that. I have yeah. no like. I just it's not for me. I know I'm not no credit, no hurting anybody else who wants to do it that way. It's just not for me. So now the pressure is kind of off as far as trying to like quote unquote make it as a writer. I can just do the stuff I want to do, and then I have this mm-hmm. to like pay the bills and whatnot so i feel i feel good about that but it's just like a year like i think this year because it's so new to me it's a little stressful i think any after a year i'll feel better about it but right now it's it all just kind of came together so quick and it's a little stressful i would say maybe maybe you can combine techniques and you know if like a kid gives you trouble you put them in a headlock i cannot Uh, do that actually that's oh, actually, I specifically said you, you, know, no you cannot swear at the kids. You cannot yell at them. You cannot headbutt them. And I said, I'm, I'm aware. I know that. I know how to deal with teenagers. Like I said, I've been, I've been coaching teenage boys for, this is my 18th season as a wrestling coach. Holy so, moly. Yeah. Cause I've been doing this since 2003. So, I mean, like I got, I know how to do that. I mean, like, I know how to do my old, because I'm basically teaching my old job. So I know how to do this. I'm essentially a glorified shop teacher, you know, which is totally mm-hmm. cool. Shop's awesome. But I'm I'm a shop teacher on a computer, like. But it's all like the other stuff. It's like, well, you need this program to do this. You need to know how to do this program to do that. And you need to have all these things print up. You got to know how to deal with the IEP. You got to do with this. You gotta, and I'm just like, that's the stuff that's kind of like because look at these people that have trained their whole lives to do this job, and yeah. I just got kind of thrown into it. So well, that's a little, you know. Okay, we're gonna see how this goes. Right. You know. You hear that, everybody? He's officially a teacher, which means he's officially underpaid. You have to go with his kickstarters now. Yeah, you should do it anyway. What's <laughs> nice, what's nice is with the in part of the graphics classes is I I have a printing press at my disposal. Oh, nice. And I have like a t-shirt screening thing at my disposal. Ooh. So that's gonna level up my Kickstarters big time. Uh-huh. I just gotta figure out how to use them. <clears throat> Before the kids yeah. know I don't. So yeah. You YouTube is wonderful. Just put in the, oh, the model me, number bro. of it and yeah. Yes, believe me, I'm gonna be utilizing tutorials big time. Because again, like as far as like teaching Photoshop, I'm like, I'm good. Like as illustrator, I'm all right with InDesign. I'll learn it in a weekend. You know, I'll learn what I need to do to get by. You know, yeah. and then after a couple of years, you're an expert at this stuff. So it's just, it's just changing life. And I've been looking for a, a life change for a long time. So this is good, especially with Andy in school. He's starting first yeah. grade now. So it's, it's good. We had a camp out this weekend. My brother and his kid came down and uh, we all, we all tented out in the backyard. So, because we live on a, you know, three quarters of an acre. So we had a lot of land and went to the zoo today. So it was a nice, like, last day of summer before getting it back in thing. How are you, Dave? Uh, I'm doing good. They're um, all okay? You okay? Pizza on the way? <laughs> no, that was my child bugging me about something. And uh-huh. I, I said I would take care of it when, the, when we're done. Gotcha. That's the thing I love. We're in the same house and he'll call me. He's downstairs on his computer and I'm on, up here. So. No. Okay. I, I promised you I was going to complain about family. Please. I don't know if I ever talked about on the show many moons ago. I did consulting work for my brother's company. I helped them get hit. They had a software program. I helped them get it finished and updated into like the latest version of .NET and and whatnot. And it was a long time ago. And then got it working, blah, blah. He paid me. And then like would always come to like, oh, they want to do this. They want to do that. Right. And I was like, okay. But I I was like, I want to up my rate because he wasn't paying me next day anything you know he wasn't even paying me gas station rates gas station attendant rates so oh yeah 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 we'll we'll work on that and then like he wouldn't raise the rate so then i was like you know what you know i don't want to do this 
Mm-hmm. Like I got, I got other things going on, Bob. And then every once in a while, he would just ask me a question, and I'd answer it real quick. Bob, now he's all years later. All of a sudden, he needs help with it again with something, and like he hasn't asked me, he hasn't mentioned payment at all, but he keeps bothering me. Like, oh, did you look at this? Did you look at, like? I'm busy. Like, you're not paying me. You're my brother. Go away. You know. And if you're gonna hire an actual consultant, they're gonna charge you three times what you were paying me. So, yep. Yeah, so I was just like, ugh, that's why I was complaining. He texted me right before we started recording. It's like, go away. I get I was it. Busy this weekend. Other than that, things are good. I'm I'm single for the next few days. Oh, so she dumped you? <laughs> she went, she's down. To, she's on vacation with her kids. Oh, I thought you were on a break. No, no, no. She went on vacation with her kids for. We for were a few on a days, break. Sure. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, you know, go have a good time. Don't worry about me. And she hasn't stopped texting me since she left. So I'm like, go have fun with your sons. Like that's a good sign. <laughs> well, she's bored because she's not a teenage boy. So, and they want. I do would hope more. not. <laughs> You're not the Catholic Church. Oh, oh, John with the zinger. No, you know, like it's different when she goes and does stuff with me because we're the same age. We enjoy the same things, and like. We don't mind sitting down and relaxing for a while in between activities. A 17-year-old boy wants to just go, 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 go. So, yeah. So, remember those days, John? Dude, like, that was the Pleistocene era. I mean, I don't... (laughs) John with the old jokes. And I have the question for both of you guys. You're both men, right? I think so. Yes. Well, physically. I mean... (laughs) Spiritually? Mentally? Let's not take mentally, no. All right, and and, and J.D., you... You sport a beard. I do. You know, not a very good beard. I, I, but beard. I sport. I, I sport peach fuzz. Like the only thing that really grows is my mustache and goatee, and that like you, kind of comes in. You don't fuzz. have peach fuzz. You at least have hair. I have the peach fuzz. <laughs> so uh, the other day, I'm looking and like, and the thing is, I would probably be more clean shaven, but she likes the facial hair. And I'm looking in the mirror the other day, and I'm noticing more and more gray in it. So oh, yeah, no, I've got gray. Dude, so, excuse me. Silver. I'm not younger gray. than you Silver. guys, and I got plenty of gray in my beard. So yeah, but was, you've got a kids. But it's bothering yeah. me. I have too. It was bothering me. So we're in the supermarket, and I grabbed the just for men for the beard, right? Because like you don't see it in my hair, so I'm fine with that. And, and she gets upset, and she's like, "But I like your gray." And I'm like, "Wait, you dye your hair all the time?" She goes, "It's different for me. I'm a girl." So have either of you ever dealt with that? And like. Is if, it a double if, standard or is it just me? If if I ever did, I would accidentally look like Mirror Universe Spock. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, you, I would grab the wrong one by accident. No, I I I have I, and you know, you've made fun of my my bald pate atop my <laughs> my head, but you know, I've I've decided I'm just going to age the way I'm going to age. I don't give a damn. If I've if I've got, you know, silver not gray in my hair and whatever and i do i'm starting to get a little reed richards over here you know i i that's that's the way it falls out i'm still kicking and screaming (laughs) i i could get hair uh, was it hair plugs or whatever for the top of my head i don't what why i got a baby face and i've always had people think i was younger than i am the beard with the grays kind of stops that so I'm okay with it. Oh, my wife, okay. my, and I got a little bit of gray. I got a little bit of the Reed Richards. Like, and I'm, I'm younger than, I'm a lot younger than you guys, but I'm graying a little <laughs> oh, bit. Rub it I'm, in, why don't you? Well, I am, but I'm graying. Like I said, I got, <laughs> I got gray here. 
like my wife's starting to gray a little bit and she doesn't care. I could see her having like silver hair in a few years and not giving a shit about it, you know, mm-hmm. and we're the same age. So. Am I wrong? Is it a double standard? Like, yeah, yeah she it can is. dye her hair it and gets mad at me for wanting to dye my beard. Well, it's funny because like, I think with women, it's almost like expected for them to dye their hair. Like you see a lot of like mm-hmm. older women whose hair still looks clearly dyed, but it's like expected where men can gray out and it's not considered a big deal it's considered like oh he looks distinguished you know it's but a definite gets gray it can look like old it's funny i saw a picture i'm not a celebrity fan or anything like that but like he has jeffrey d morgan the guy who played you know uh, the comedian yes. oh yeah yes. yep. there's a picture of him and his wife at some wedding and i didn't and i'm like wow this woman's beautiful but she had like gray hair like silver gray and i look like mm-hmm. who is he married to and it's just the woman that used to be on one tree hill this hillary burton and she's younger than me Wow. And she has like like boom, shock of silver hair. I was like, wow, great with it. But it was like shocking to see. So I was like, you know what? Good for her for just being like, you know, this is what I look like. Cool. Oh, well, it's yeah. Well, that's yeah. a real problem in the industry, including in the movies that we see, right? We totally. we've talked about that. All the women, they don't age like they used to, but for a lot of them, you know, it's it's a real problem with the plastic surgery experimentation and the Botox and but and it's oh, and yeah. it's and it, and none of that has anything to do with how beautiful they are as a regular person. It's all pressure from from studio execs. You have to you have to look good. You have to look younger. We need to draw an audience. Whatever. Well, flip side of that too is like, how often do you see a forty plus man or fifty year old man with a with a lead with a romantic lead that's in her twenties? All the freaking time. Like right. almost every single time these days. I mean, it's not yeah. easy. This goes back like 30, 40 years. Like this has kind of always been how it is. Like dudes in the movies are always you know dating women young enough to be their daughter. Do- their their daughter. Yeah. You know. Well, look at all yes. the James Bonds. James Bond. That's an example. Look at Jurassic Every Park. Oh, yeah. Or like, you know, Laura well, Dern's right. like 25 in that movie. She doesn't look 25. She looks older. Yeah. You know, but and then sure, I can't think of the name of the actor. Sam Neill is deep into his 40s. But Laura and Laura Dern talked about that, didn't she? Yeah. I think she's talked she about that on the circuit. So in, mm-hmm. in a movie we're about to talk about a little later, the lead hits on a woman at the in the video store. Yeah. That's the same age as the the act as, as the yeah. daughter in the movie. Yeah, that mm-hmm. wasn't that that wasn't part of the script. They were they were just filming when Arnold was oh, doing his thing. Okay, so, okay. hey, Arnold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That cartoon has been back, on that, a back long then. Time. It did. It didn't matter. They, you know. It, I mean, it really didn't. And there's an absolute, and you cannot say there wasn't. Especially back then, people are like, especially women are willing to more willing to call it out now and how much bullshit. And you got with like Nicole Kidman, well into her fifties, right? Who's still leading woman right and doing some you know right really good work but i mean i think she's the exception rather than the rule very you true know? i mean heck we're about to see helen mirren in the the shazam sequel this year helen mirren is gossip and, Lu- and what lucy lou too right lucy lou too but yeah but helen mirren's like in her 70s yeah and but again it, she's the exception not the, she's the exception not the, yeah because she's always had something that something she's extra. hot as she's hot as hell yeah like even at 70 like i was telling i was telling my wife the other day like well we we're talking about movies Andy can watch and can and can't watch. And I mentioned that uh, my dad watched Excalibur all the time when we were growing up. And then at like 12, he turned on Excalibur and I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> exactly. Who might this be? Mm-hmm. You know? And then that's when I first realized who Helen Mirren was. You know, you hit that age. You're just like, oh, this movie rules on a completely different level. Yep. <laughs> you know? So Yes. Yeah. But again, those are the exceptions of the rule. But it is it is changing and hopefully it goes away from people having these like or into surgeries and stuff like that. Jane Seymour was mine. I think. Jane Seymour was something. 
Yeah, she's she still, was also she's still great looking. Yeah, yeah, she was also somebody that had just something that for sure. It's called hotness. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ooh, but she actually looked better. In, she's actually looked better in like Doctor Quinn era than she did in like. Oh yeah, like, she looked better that. and better as she got older. Yeah, it was like, really, she, you know she's well into her fifties, and you're like, golly. And then you look back at pictures when she was here, like, well, she's pretty, but not like, like that's like fine wine there. Yeah, that's a good question. Who was your first celebrity crush? I don't know if I had a crush, but the first one I was like, I noticed. And was like, whoa, was literally Helen Mirren in, in Excalibur. Yeah. Jane Seymour in Battlestar Galactica. She was in Battlestar Galactica? Yep. She was I never the, watched the original she, show. She was the reporter in the first movie with, that, oh, they, okay. that they used to launch Battlestar Galactica, the whole thing, the, the very first one. So I was too young when that show mm-hmm. was popular. Yeah. So. She was killed. She was, they killed her off really quick by the end of, I think, the first or second movie. And then they, they had the TV series, but she was gone by then. Aaron Gray also. Aaron, I was gonna say. Oh Aaron yeah, yeah. Gray and Buck Rogers. But I thought she looked better in Silver Spoons. Probably, perhaps that's because that's. She what I no, saw. no, she she did because it was yeah. It, it, it another another. I don't know. I mean, I'm coming at this. That's kind of funny. As a 52 year old, I still see the older woman is more beautiful. But even back then, that's like two I, years. There's not like a huge difference there. It's like literally two or three years difference. Yeah. I know, she went but, right from Buck Rogers to, to Silver Spoons. I yeah, but still, there's and it, I don't know it was different. Well, you got to remember the second season of Buck Rogers. They that the guy who started running the show was incredibly misogynistic, and that's why she became completely useless the second season. You telling me a guy working in television was misogynistic? Yeah, I know. So, but, in the seventies, well, the hell the you thing, say? The thing was that she was so popular in the beginning because she was a very strong woman, you know, head of the defense forces on Earth. The first one, the first season, and then the second season, they made her glorified I, show, I don't know what and then the show ended which is weird too because yeah. in the late 70s you did see an uptick of that you had wonder woman you had the bi- the bionic woman like they're and glad they were not like they weren't like tna but i mean mm-hmm. like there was like a push towards stronger female characters and then in the 80s that completely goes away yeah yeah well, every, every, i mean every, ever hear okay. things about the a team where it was like it was a boys club Oh, totally. Behind was. the scenes and everything. And yeah. George Papard. I remember they were talking, they were interviewing, I forget the name of the one that's on that show, but like the one that comes at the end, he's like, You're we don't want you here. You're only here because the network says you have to be here. You're we don't need you. Right. Like, and this is a grown ass man, like an old man at that point, too. You know? Yep. Yeah. 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 You, it's weird. It's weird how that changes in that that decade between the 70s and the 80s. Another one was Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. I remember Captain Power. They just was Jessica Steen, but <laughs> But Straczynski was writing yeah. it, and towards the end, you know, they they ended the show because he he had made it actually good. Captain then, Power had a toy that you could zap at the TV during yep. the show. That's what I re- remember about Captain Power because they were supposed to be writing it to me, but they were appealing to you, mm-hmm. which is the problem. But and, you know? and that that was the point. Straczynski could never too young. Keep... It's you too old. They don't want right, you, right. kids right. in kid shows. You don't want them to skew old. You want them to buy the toy. Well, but the, and that's the problem because like it's like it's a mistake they keep making until and I hate to bring this up, My Little Pony Generation Four. It skewed older than they expected because of the show writer, but they leaned into it and they got nine seasons and 
like a billion dollars worth of merchandise. Yeah, but in, in screen, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, that is the exception that 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 is the exception that proves the rule because you guys are weird, man. But, but they leaned, they they leaned into it. Weird. They you didn't lean see, into it. You're right. You don't You're see right. anybody lean into it though. You gotta no. wonder if any if somebody else leaned into it because it's hard to program. Like it's all about it's all about advertising dollars, right? And advertise. It's weird. Like that show doesn't make it ten years like. 12 years ago as it is right but no. now with this uptick in streaming and stuff that wouldn't have made it a season is True. getting four or five seasons now because like viewership numbers are not what they unless for, unless we're talking about live sports are not what they used to be and now we're seeing the contraction of these streaming services you know and they're yep. talking about they're talking about now with the the stories warner and i said warner and paramount i think or warner and warner and peacock is a, is a rumor floating? I don't know. John can't talk about that. But I'm not allowed to say anything, even if I knew anything. I'm not. Right, you would not even if I didn't know anything, I'm not allowed to say something. Right, so. but I mean, like, there's going to be more contraction. We talked about this. We've been talking about this for years. <clears throat> like, we're starting to see. I don't know if the bubble burst because these places are still making money, but I mean, like, well, like coming off the pandemic when everybody had nothing to do, people have stuff to do again. So a lot was, of these bases are plummeting faster than expected. That was one of the first things Discovery said is. We're scrapping HBO Max and merging it with Discovery Plus, and they're they're not like, but they're keeping the HBO Max branding, which nobody right. expected. Everyone thought they were going to kill HBO Max altogether, and like, turns out the Discovery execs realized, oh, there's far more value in the HBO name than in then the Discovery more, name because there is like HBO there's more value in the name. HBO name than there is actually in HBO. But that's enough. It really is. I mean, that's true. Like HBO is an HBO is a symbol of quality for over thirty years. It is like HBO is television. Though? Yes, absolutely. See, HBO I, I think, television. I, yeah, dude, Emmy's up the wazoo. Since yeah, but not until mid aughts. No, before the Sopranos. When was the Sopranos? The early night or the mid or the late nineties? Excuse me. No. Yes. No. Now I feel old. The Wire was nineteen ninety six. So is HBO that old? Yes. HBO has it's been like, and even before that. They were doing like. They did like the uh, the Paradise Lost documentaries in the mid '90s. Like HBO has been quality from like jump when they started doing original stuff. It's always been good, and it's like yeah. the name. It's the name in cable entertainment to this day. Yeah, they always they always seem to come out with some winners. Yeah, always. There's yeah. always good stuff. I told Michelle, I'm like, get ready to change life again. Game of Thrones is reborn. Oh gods, I did, I don't know. I love that show so. 1999. Much. Was I know, but that's what I said. Was it? <laughs> Yeah, yes, that's what he said. He just said that's literally what I just said. But I said um, the wire was ninety six. Like in, in, okay. in other news, like Crunchyroll or Sony, that you know they they bought out Funimation, they own Crunchyroll, and now they've also bought out RightStuffAnime.com. So they are still on a buying spree. So like the anime side of things, they are they are definitely consolidating. They, all those but they played it real conservative. When everybody jumped in, and they were early, and they were early into the streaming game. They had their own streaming service mm-hmm. a decade before anybody else was talking about it with Crackle. So yep. they saw this, and they were like, ah, "Let's not go crazy. Let's see where this goes." And they are not—they haven't spent, but haven't lost either. Right? Like everything is a loss leader right now. No one's making money on these services. No. Right? They're all projecting to make money down the line. So I mean, like everyone's spending. So Sony's. Sony might wind up winning this whole thing just from being a little bit more conservative in how they played this. Well, they, they are on the anime side. Like if they, if they take yeah, but anime, up, it's huh? different though. Well, I mean, it's, because an, anime, enti- it's well, an entire it, market. They're like, it is an, an entire market. 
but it is, you're right. They are, but it's a different market, right? It's not mm-hmm. like they need content generation. All, all right? of those studios were generating content. Yeah, but they are still generating content. Yes. Now they're generating yeah. content. They own the content they're but, generating. But and, now there's not as much content because it's all under one umbrella and you don't like, they yeah, always, that's not, that's not they Sony's always, problem. It is Sony's problem because they, you know, they're going to get less for their money. I mean, you know, it, they, they're going to consolidate not. and then maybe not. I mean, that's thing they're they're collecting what they have value in, and they're they're not jumping all in on creating one of these platforms. Eventually, someone's going to need something, and they're going to say, "Hey, we need content." Well, right? it's well, content creation that's hurting these places, right? But but here's the other thing: the right stuff <laughs> anime had a had a few licenses that they didn't own yet, like for Gundam. So one of the big Gundam is a huge one. I know but Gundam. The, Okay, but the other thing is, Right Stuff Anime is famous for their box sets and their and and you know like selling actual physical mm-hmm. media. So now Sony's got like the biggest distributor of box sets and stuff, and really nice box sets too. The company did really good, and and they've they I I don't know I'd say they have at least half the market now. If they got High Dive, you know, they, if they buy High Dive, they're they've cornered at least the market in North America and probably most of Europe. I wonder if Sony is anticipating the, the I assume these are Blu-rays, right? That they're, oh, yeah, they're yeah, yeah. I wonder if Sony is anticipating Blu-ray seeing a revival in the way vinyl has. Right? I still or, buy or all vinyl, Blu-ray. Or mm-hmm. vinyl collections have become, they've been huge in the last couple, in the last like yeah. five years because of collectors. Like collectors want that thing that they can touch so they can get to the prices on, right. on, on vinyl or fine really high so i wonder if i wonder if sony is thinking people will move back into that direction when everything is at the touch you it's know, when most the vast majority of media is at the touch of your finger it, it's a bigger thing in anime because with anime you never know when one of these companies is going to lose the license back to japan or like they're going to decide to drop something so getting physical media <clears throat> is a lot more of a thing that's true because because we 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 don't like losing the stuff that we like. So. <coughs> I was reading of the saga of Harmony Gold and all the stuff that they did with Robotech and stuff over the oh Robotech oh, gods yeah, yeah. Fasc- fascinating to me. They're just a company that exists to sue people apparently. You know. Yep. Speaking of things that are fascinating and horrible at the same time, let's do a little social media madness. Oh, I thought you were going to talk that's about a, Congress, but that's okay. a good. Ooh, that's good too. <laughs> All right. All right. So, of course, the big thing we talked about last week was Batgirl being canceled. And first off, the Ocho Dorle Parley. ODPH. Okay. The ODPH podcast said it's a BS move. Very. So does Kevin Smith. Very distinct. He's going after them, too. He's going after them. Kevin Kevin Smith savages Warner Brothers for dropping finished Latina Batgirl movie. It's not finished, though. That's the thing. It's close to finish, Um, but not really close to finish. Random Randy Savage came out and said, okay, please allow my tinfoil hat idea for just a second. But I believe Vault, I mean Discovery, Warner Brothers, is going to lean more towards traditional values when it comes to comics, meaning only alpha males will be heroes and girls will be sidekicks for love interests. With the cancellation of the Batgirl, but no word on the Flash after the domestic terrorist star is in the wind, I find... It's hard to believe that the makers of Honey Boo Boo and the Sarah Palin show have plans that are inclusive. This would have been incredibly unlikely in previous years, but after one news, dick fingers around news, okay, God, network spewed another, I can't help but think this is how you get children while they are young, 
I told you I was crazy sounding. <laughs> uh, oh my god, I don't, Randy. I, there's these are the these are the words of a madman, but I think he's necessarily wrong. So right, so, I think there's some logic to what he's talking about. No, because they they're still well, going to do Wonder Woman. Well, hold on. Are they? Look at what yeah. their look what nope. their presentation was. Their presentation was saying HBO skews male, Discovery skews female. Like people are fighting whether that's sexist or not. But if they're if their numbers say that, I get where it's coming from. Yeah. So they could be thinking along those lines. I don't know. Wonder Woman both one. Well, you can't say Wonder Woman because it was streaming. Make, it was streaming, and that's the thing is you right and they don't like that they, they think these are all that could have made a killing at the box office it could have i know, think because the first one did i think the second one would have made a killing just on the property people, alone before people realized it wasn't a great movie but like we don't know we don't know what david zasloff really values as far as film goes everyone is speculating and they're basing things based on like these early moves so, but nobody really knows yet what he's gonna do we're all guessing so john you brought up the Kevin Smith thing. We talked about it a little bit last week. He said he went off on his podcast, the Hollywood Babylon about it. Cause that's also when he revealed that he was working on a project that got canceled. Mm. I do think it's weird that him and some other people are, are concentrating on the fact that it was a Latina actress playing Batgirl. Like I really don't think that has anything to do with it. This goes back to. It's a bad look. It's, it's, it's a bad, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say two things about it. I'm going to say two things about it. I really think it was purely a business decision for something that was going to go strictly to HBO Max that did not do well in test audiences. It was like, okay, this might hurt us more than help us bring in subscribers. But it's a bad look. Again, and Randy just said it, when you're still on the fence about <laughs> canceling your Flash movie, and this guy's literally going around. He just got arrested. Like, this right. dude is... This movie must be fantastic. Like this better be like the greatest action movie. Well, ever. the thing is, if you read some of the articles I sent, and we'll talk about it. Like, out of everything that they sent the test audiences, this went the highest. So they must believe in it. Hopefully, they can just kill him at the end. Hopefully, they can. And hopefully, you know, there's it's in continuity. There is precedence for getting rid of Barry Allen. Yeah, but before we bring in Wally, be the move. Before we bring in Wally, I was gonna say. But like, that's the whole thing. You said it. It's a bad look because mm -hmm. one starred a woman and the other stars a man. One starred a, a minority. The other stars a, I What's guess, white. <laughs> I guess he's white. I don't know. Was Ezra Miller? Ezra Miller is white. He just, he does the, one is the Flash, one is Batgirl. One is like, there's a lot more money wrapped into it. I, I mean, I, having not seen either movie, I don't know. I think a lot more of what they want to do hinges on this Flash movie, though. I think that's the problem. Right. But it also... Uh, to randy's point they could have put more money into batgirl as well and made that a theatrical movie why did were they so afraid to take a chance because i think because it, it sucks or i think they don't i think they don't No, no. but i'm saying it was only a 70 million dollar project as opposed to a 300 yeah, million dollar when you're trying to cut tens of millions of dollars when you're trying to cut billions of dollars you know 70 here 30 there you know it adds up yeah if you don't believe i mean like clearly they just don't believe in this at all you know, and oftentimes they're not wrong with these things. Like if they say this movie is bad, we're not going to release it. It's rare. Yeah. Where I mean, if it, the people who made it, if the people who made Batman v Superman says this movie's bad, it's probably huh. bad. But <laughs> is, is it is it rare for them? To, is it rare for them to make an entire movie before they realize that it's crap? No, they don't know it's crap until you made it. Making movies is hard, right? You don't know. You can have inklings, but Star Wars sucked until the second cut. Hmm. 
right? I mean, that movie was terrible until they yeah. hired another editor. So... I mean, I think, like, honestly, probably New Mutants should have never seen the light of day. New Mutants probably never should have seen the light of day. But, I mean, people, there were jerks in podcasts that were demanding it get released. Um, <laughs> yeah, this happens all the time. Movies get made that never get released. There's a there's a very famous Jerry Lewis movie called The Day of the Clown Cry. Oh, my right? God. Oh, no, be... I've seen that one. No, I you did. haven't. No one's seen it. No one's seen I, it. No, Jerry, I swear I've seen No, you think you've seen there it. Is, seen there is a it. copy... No, there, there is a, a copy that is in Jerry the Library Lewis. of Congress that no one has seen that, that Jerry Lewis's friends that he yes. would show on occasion at his house. Jerry Lewis said, "Okay, this didn't work." And so, for those who don't know, the, the day the clown cried is about a clown in Auschwitz. Yes, right. Who I believe that the story is the final scene ends with him trying to make the kids feel better as he leads them to the gas chamber, and everyone kind of said, "Yeah, you might have missed the mark on this one." And even Jerry Lewis said, "Yeah, no, you know." And this was like a pet project of his that he said, "This will never see the light of day." You know, it's hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes you think you're making a good movie, and you go back and you're like, "This thing sucks." You know, yeah. like nobody goes out to make a bad movie. Like having made a bad movie, like it's hard. You think you're doing the right thing the whole time, but then like at some point you're like, eh. I, was think, I was thinking of came comedy. Hmm. That's Not King Comedy. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. The, the Day the Clown Cried is literally the, the movie I, I talked about. It's a, yeah, listen, yeah, here, 19, 1972 Helmet Dork and Uncompleted Unreleased. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of movies like that yeah. neither the Magnificent Ambersons has famously never been finished, but it got it got released because you know wells ran out of money like i mean there's a lot of movies like that that never really and the fantastic for the original fantastic that was never supposed to release. and this right. well this one they make they can make money on hey astro this one they can make money on it in the interim by just claiming a loss yeah claim a loss and then they can release it years later then they can throw it on hbo max right now they stand to gain a lot if you're in cost cut mode they stand to gain more if it's a product they don't believe in they stand to gain more by filing as a loss and is it ethical no but that's i i'm I'm not justifying what they're doing. I'm just telling you what they're doing. Yes. Wow. The other thing. It's a bad we... look. No doubt. Bad oh, look. very much so. The other thing we talked about, of course, the release of the Snyder Cut was fueled by bots in one of the most grand conspiracies ever. Um, missed an opportunity to title that episode, release the Snyder bots. <laughs> I'm very disappointed in myself. To which Gorilla Brain Podcast said, the world never needed this cut, but it exists. So here we are. Yeah. It's a one-time watch at best. Yeah. I, I I think we all kind of came to that conclusion watching the show, watching the movie. We were like, oh, oh, this is better than I thought. I'm never going to watch it again, but it's better than I thought. You know? The Recasted Podcast said, doesn't surprise me. Does anyone, does any movie need 22 more hours of footage? <laughs> Snyder Cut. <laughs> it felt that way. <laughs> the Magnificent Ambersons. <laughs> and why to know? Why to KNW? said i wasn't interested in the regular cut to start with this different version even less so so yeah we watched it <laughs> we watched i mean we had to we had to yes yes, yes, yes. to know you why to know i don't know i gotta know what he's trying to say okay this next one's interesting did we not report it was on I, deadline that batman 2 had gotten greenlit i swear to god we covered it the batman 2 was greenlit i don't know I don't know what's up with that. IGN's a trusted source, though. Yes, and Cassin Warren said, WBD has hard evidence that the Batman was a hit and was received well by critics, but hasn't officially greenlit the Batman 2. If you want to follow the Marvel path, this is the best franchise to start it. Since the Nolan films, these they've been hits. I don't disagree with what he's saying. But they got the TV. Okay, so they're doing the, the TV show, right? 
the penguin show that's a thing at hbo yeah. max so perhaps they're just waiting till that gets i mean it's weird it's very very weird but again it was in the middle like oftentimes when you have major uh, mergers the new folks aren't into what the old folks are doing so i don't know that literally everybody on. within hours and maybe a few days they're all saying batman 2 sequel not yet greenlit at warner brothers and it, it looks like like somebody it went around that it was greenlit and now everybody's saying nope not greenlit yet reportedly years away conspiracy theory i think this might be matt reeves people hmm? who released this because they're trying to leverage themselves into being yeah greenlit. i think so they're traveling or was it they're uh, they're deadpooling it <laughs> Oh, kind of. I mean, it's not like it's on. It's not like it's on here before. Like these people utilize media to to get the word out, so they can spin narratives and control things. Like it's Hollywood one hundred and one. You know. Speaking of conspiracy theories, John. Okay. Did you know that JD and I have a love child? Yeah. Thanks, Ray. No. So Ray from the Gorilla Brain Podcast was apparently going through social media, and an Amazon book ad came up. This is actually one of the worst looking Amazon book ads I've ever seen. This guy looks like JD and Dave from Superheroes Speak had a baby. Yes, this pick was from Amazon Books ad. What eldritch horror did he make a pact with to have that happen? <laughs> I mean, this ad is terrible. Like, I don't look at these fonts. Like, as a, gra- as a graphics teacher, I'm going to tell you, this is terrible. My hey, God, the kerning is, is, is incredibly bad. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I'm not gonna cry. Not gonna cry. I'm crying. Yeah. Does this guy does look kind of like like this? That's about to say, JD. You said it does. Ray said, "Hey, I'm here for it, guys." But I gotta ask, who seems more likely to give birth, you or Dave? And then it started getting weird. JD said, "I got those childbirth and hips." Like Baron, I got them childbearing. Oh, I did say, yeah, I got those childbearing hips. I mean, started. Ray said, "I don't know. Keep." I could see Dave pushing out a baby. With his feminine cheekbones turning rosy red and his hair a mess dripping with sweat. Spoken like a man who's actually been in a birthing room. Appreciated on that one. Which you laughed at, JD. It's um, funny. You talked about Dave having too much pride on your last episode. I wonder, epidural or no? <laughs> JD said definitely. See, you realize I, I was reading this and I'm like, just make it stop. Just make it stop. Oh, I know. I was making you uncomfortable, so I got—I knew this. I knew you weren't happy, so I had to keep. This going. is becoming disturbingly vivid, but man, it's—is it accurate from Ray? And I said, and then I finally chimed in. I would like it stated for the record: I love JD as a friend, and that is all. <laughs> Which then Ray said, "No one ever said love was involved, Dave. You can make babies without love and 110 percent hormones." <laughs> and then you ended it with. Mr. Mr. Burns. It's, Mr. The, uh, Burns. it's when they're leaving the, the nuclear shelter after Smithers kisses him and Bernie goes, Oops. and Burns kind of gives him a look. It's one of my favorite facial expressions in history. So I default uh, to that a lot on Twitter when I'm done with the conversation. Yeah. That went nowhere. That was bad. I'm not helping that one. <laughs> oh, I no problem throwing gas in the fire. So Snyder in DC. Oh, oh, oh okay. So oh, that fire, I'll happily throw gas. <laughs> We got a couple of tweets from our good friend. Sorry, our good friend Kassan warned. He said, a superhero speaks. Snyder won't come back to DC. He has his own project with Netflix called Rebel Moon. From what I've seen, it's visually stunning with potential. Everything Snyder makes is visually stunning, yep. but it has no story. Exactly. <laughs> and then he also said, because we also talked about James Gunn. Obviously, he was sending these as he was listening to the episode. You can tell. Last comment. I like what James Gunn did with Peacemaker. 
a nice blend of humor, violence, and character development. And his handling of the Harley show is top-notch. I'd like to see what he could do with the main characters. Hmm. So he's in agreement that Gunn could be their Gun's Kevin good. Feige. Gunn's good. Yeah. So if you want to be like our good friend Kassan and comment while you're listening to the episode, here's a good friend D-Square to tell you how you can get more superhero speed. Follow us on social media and be part of Social Media Madness. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of Social Media Madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. Check the site often because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at SuperheroSpeak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. All right. Thanks for that, Don. And don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerds podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. Now, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with the news. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, we really only have one thing to talk about. Only one worth talking about. Only, only and it's one. still DC. And so, we'll start with Mer- Miller was uh, he was charged? Was he actually arrested in yes. Connecticut? Oh yes, uh, felony burglary. He broke into someone's house and stole alcohol. Jesus, that I happened mean... like the day after we recorded. Like that came out. I'm like, he just he just he's the car crash that keeps on crashing. Oh, yeah. It's not going to end well. This whole story doesn't end well. No, you're right. Which then led into an article where apparently Miller has been going to do reshoots for The Flash in between all of this going on. So, seriously, serious question. Serious question. Does that not make Warner Brothers or the people making this film a little culpable? Like, when he was on the run, but he was showing up to do reshoots, like... Shouldn't they have called the cops and said, we've got them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is just this yet another, pro- yet, and I, yeah, I hate to say it this way, yet another fuck up by WB. Like, if they can, if they can screw up, they're going now, to do it. Did they, now here's a question. Does the studio actually know they're doing this? Does, is this the director doing stuff on their own? Because we know Snyder was doing his own reshoots. You it know? could be, but either way, like somebody's got to be like. Oh yeah, no, somebody's called. Well, I don't know if it's the director. I don't know if it's the studio. I don't know. I have no idea who's responsible, but somebody is. This guy's is, this guy's a danger to everyone around him. And I'm reading the article, and it's like his mother was there too, like keeping an eye on them. And it's just like seriously, like that made it okay. His mommy's there, like it's weird, man. So weird. Which then leads us into Warner Brothers developing a contingency plan for Flashpoint. You know, I and this is something I've seen in certain corners, and I know. It doesn't sound serious yet, but 
there is a growing movement to get Grant Gustin to replace Ezra Miller. Yes, I forgot I was going to include that. Like, there's an actual petition that's got millions of signatures now to have Grant Gustin replace him. So, what? So, you read the the article with the contingency plan. It says like a three prong thing. One, bury our heads in the sand and hope nobody notices. <laughs> no, it's like have Miller come out apologize and go into rehab which is funny i've heard other people speculating like that's going to be their move but that's um, that's a move from the 1940s like if that doesn't work then still the move miller's really? not betty involved miller? at all with the betty ford promotion for the show for the movie like all the other actors will promote it but not not ezra miller and then finally or we'll just shelve it like i think you're you're at the shelve it point like no i don't think i can i know I there's too much money too big. involved in it I, th- I think this movie has far too much like writing out as far as like what they're doing I, I think in the future. They're damned if they do and damned if they don't. I do too. I agree. Them. I agree. They're damn they're screwed either way. There's they can't scrap the whole movie because like I said, they can't remake it. Like yeah. they just gotta kinda own it. But yeah, what? I don't know how you can you digitally replace him? No. No. Not from the whole movie. Come on, they digitally removed the mustache and looked wonderful. That's <laughs> that's the thing. That there's your yeah. proof of why we can't digitally remove the lead actor. Not gonna happen. No, I mean it's they're they're in they're screwed. But they Zach, that's Zack Snyder's lasting legacy on this is the casting of Ezra Miller. So yeah. the, so at the end of the movie, they just you know like you said, they either get rid of Barry Allen and he gives it, and he hands it out Wally. over to Wally West, or you know the other thing that changed in Flashpoint was who who Barry Allen was and it's Grant Gustin or whatever you know. I don't hold up much yeah, I mean, much hope for Grant Gustin. They're gonna they're but, gonna do a. Eh. They were going to do a bait and switch when well, I bait and switch. They're going to do like all of a sudden he screwed time up and it was Michael Keaton as Batman all along instead of Ben Affleck. So it's kind of like, well, then why can't at the end it just be, even if it's not Grant Gustin, this new actor shows up. It's like, Barry, you look a little different. Which just, has, it has been done before. I mean, you know. They should just kill him. They should just kill Barry. should die at the end of this movie. And then you wall your places. Just do that, like they in the comics. That lead, well, yeah, like if they do that, though, that's the end of the Snyderverse, and they're going to have to, you know, then they do their ten-year plan with all new actors. And isn't that the plan anyway? I, I guess so. I mean, but the point of Flashpoint is to reboot it. So, but you got to I mean, get you, you got to. They're trying to end it. Like they're doing it. They're doing it as DC as possible. Like they're not instead of just rebooting it, they're telling you how they're rebooting it. Like they're giving it a a storyline reason. That's just what they. I mean, that's. They're trying to follow kind of what DC does. Get, and they're running the same that. problems DC but does. As in, like, okay, we're comic fans. We get that. This is what DC does, right? Marvel just tries to they retcon, mm-hmm. retcon anything they didn't like. Where where DC's like, ah, oh, we destroy the universe and we start again. But the normies, right? The non-comic fans that that watch these movies, they all of a sudden see Ben Affleck come back for a movie, and if they they're into the Snyderverse. Aren't, doesn't that give them false hope that oh they're gonna you know he's back um, unless the movie erases it unless the movie takes care of it like i said this is i think they just spent too damn much money you yeah. know they just spent a lot of like you can shelve a 70 million dollar movie i don't know if you can shelve a 300 million dollar no probably that, not that's quite the tax route i mean like it is but i mean is the write-off gonna i mean like that's a lot of money you know now yeah. you're talking 400 million together Let's gotta see. put something out is i mean anything wow. reported on the budget flashpoint but the, yeah the thing the thing with the uh, the flashpoint being used as a reboot you, you the characters are always 
you know, they still exist after Flash, uh, after after the Flashpoint. So you still have Barry Allen, you still have Batman, but if Not, they're going to make Batman old and... They don't have to. Right, well, I mean, it, that's, that's what I'm saying. If they make this like the end of the Snyderverse where they just have old Batman and and Ezra Miller dead at the end, then yeah, you 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 haven't done a flashpoint. You've just ended that universe, right? In the crisis, it becomes a crisis, but I think yeah. flashpoint is probably yeah. a more marketable title than crisis on infinite earths. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of what I mean, and flashpoint was a successful book a decade ago, and I didn't care for it, but it's got a name and Jeff Johns' fingerprints are still all over. You know, the really blame us is Jeff Johns. Cause we had like progression in the DC comics universe until Jeff Johns took over. And then he brought back the silver age. Now I blame him for this entire mess in so many ways, shapes. Yeah. And forms. All Jeff Johns. No, I, I agree. And just, can we, can we, can I ask a question? No, no. How many times <laughs> are you going to retell and redo flashpoint? Just the one. No, no, no. They did it once in the comics. They have the animated movie based oh, on the comics. Yeah, no, well, they, they, that. yeah, but they've also used a Flashpoint to reboot the there was uh, a Flash... Justice League War, right? Flashpoint. The, that, yeah, that like they, they used it again twice. there. They used it on, it was done on the TV show. They did Flashpoint. Was, was, I thought that was the Crisis they did that on the TV show. No, they did Crisis. That was they did Crisis, crisis and they did Flashpoint. He went back oh, and Oh, they did Flashpoint mother. before Crisis, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, enough with enough with Flashpoint. Okay, it was an, it was an, okay idea it was executed fairly well but there's other dc stories that we can do right like i mean at this point they're using it like doctor who's regeneration except they're overusing it well i mean like at the same time they've never done it for like the main audience right like movie going audience has never seen it and if they they think it's a really good story i disagree but the idea of the old i think the the cook of the flashpoint is old man batman yeah yeah that's what flatman that's what flashpoint gave us flashpoint gave us the old batman the darker Batman. Well, I mean, Batman's the one that uses dark. guns instead of oh wait. I mean, like he does no Batman. <laughs> that's the thing wait a minute. Like, it gives us old man Batman. That's what yeah. they want. They can do Flashpoint in the movie, and then the when Batman comes back, he doesn't use guns. Yeah. <laughs> what that's a twist! A twist. <laughs> well, they're also it's not Thomas; it's Bruce, right? It's just old Bruce. So and he doesn't kill people. Yes, let's yeah, do Batman that. Killed, that Batman killed a lot. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing at this point, and I don't even know if they know what they're doing. Probably not. No, no. More so on that is the uh, they're still got the Black Canary movie in development. Okay, with Journey so, Smollett. Who? Journey. That's who played her in. Bur- oh yeah, 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 yeah. Same actress. Yes. Yeah. Why? Like she's good. She's really good. And she was good. But does is is anyone asking for a Black Canary movie? Seriously. If it's if it's like thirty million dollars. You know, yeah. just just in development doesn't mean anything's happening with it. I know, I know. But how how does it fit in with everything else? Like, I they mean, don't know. They, they nobody knows. Nobody knows <laughs> how it fits in. That's the thing. Nobody knows what's going on. How did on. that Harley Quinn movie fit in with anything else in in it? Really? Well, that's that was the two or three months that they were like, oh, we're just going to do all these movies as separate now. We have something. another Harley Quinn too. We have another Harley Quinn coming. That's right. Lady Gaga's, being, Lady Gaga Gaga's in a be musical. Joker sequel that okay. no one wants. I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, so I'm not the only one that's like, that. I'm not really interested at all in, in like paying money to see that. We we were very meh on the Joker movie to begin with. It is not for us, right? This Joker movie, these Joker movies are it's for, for an Oscar. <laughs> for Oscar consideration, right? That's what that's what it is. It's, this is their yeah, but then to make the second one a sequel, like I mean, a, 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 I like the second one a, a musical, make the second one a musical. Like, does that make any sense? Does it, Todd Phillips? I mean, like it, the whole point of it might be to not make sense, right? It's probably just a fever, like Joker's fever dream. 
Yeah, but like that only works in a, another encompassing context. And just on its own, it becomes, you know, DC's Fantasia. Basically. Hey man, and that might be, but that might be what they're going for. Oh, that reminds I'm not me. It's going to be good. I'm just telling you. <laughs> True. Speaking of Joker and Harley Quinn. Oh my God. What else can they screw I up? had an idea. I wanted to float out there. What if we redid Harley Quinn's origin story? Don't touch the Bruce Tim origin for that. For uh, what do you mean we did the origins? Okay, so obviously the toxic relationship between Harley and Joker has doesn't work today, right? Like, well, the, uh, yeah, but in the in the comics, it's changed. She's become a hero since then. Yeah, right, no, not, I think but, I think I think it does work. I think it's necessary. I think that you have to have the toxic relationship because, like, she's become a character of strength because of that. Listen, yeah. What if you flip the script? And made it that she was, we can still, she can still be his doctor or his psychologist. Like, like that part doesn't change, but he tries to kill her with Joker venom and she survives it. That's what, that's what bleaches her skin though. And that makes Joker fall in love with her because she didn't die. And he becomes obsessed with her. That, that was, that's kind of the original plot. And I, they already did that in. No, she's obsessed with him. Like that's the, that's the original story. She was obsessed with that. That was the whole point. It was an abusive relationship that she wouldn't leave because she was obsessed with him. Right. But now you make it where she doesn't want him, but he's obsessed with her. I have zero zero interest. Yeah. That that, that was, that was the second phase of their relationship. That's already passed by in the comics where she, she grew up and grew away from them i actually think that that origin as problematic as it is works because it's problematic because it's true to life because there are people who are in toxic relationships and the harley quinn character can empower people yeah right because she has become an anti-hero of sorts not just a villain right and she's got this relationship with poison ivy now that's that's become more mainstream and i think that there's a lot of interesting development in the harley quinn character that came from a super problematic idea but just because something is problematic doesn't mean it should be avoided, right? Problematic stuff exists in fiction because problematic stuff exists in real life. This mm-hmm. is true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It was just an idea. It's yeah. not, I mean, it's not a bad idea. It's something you could absolutely do in like a DC Elseworlds kind of thing. Like the similar to like the, the white Knight story where Joker is Batman. Right. It's been super popular. I think that could, that could work, but I don't wouldn't want to see it as become like the origin of Harley Quinn in DC proper. Right. I think there's just too much. I think the benefits of, of her struggles of, uh, can outweigh the negatives if portrayed in the right way. And I think that's one of the issues with the original Suicide Squad movie is they don't steer into it enough. Right. Right. Is they don't really talk about the fact that she's in this negative relationship. So you had all these dorks going around going, oh, I want a relationship like Harley Quinn and Joker. And you're like, no, you don't. Like mm-hmm. they didn't play into it enough. Like they they really did a disservice to the Harley Quinn character, which is remedied in, in the Birds of Prey movie, you know? Well, and it was also Jared Leto. But... Jared Leto sucks, so... <laughs> you know. God, his Joker is the worst thing in a in a universe full of bad stuff. The Jared Leto Joker is like, it sticks out as being just terrible. Like, there's yeah. so many great Joker performances that we had to have a bad one, but his is ugh, so bad. All right. <laughs> well, on that note... Let's take a quick commercial break and come back with our main topic. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. All right. Let us begin. So we talked about it last week a little bit. JD said, oh, 
That's covered on the podcast next week. So, of course, we're talking about 1993, is it? Yeah, 1993's Arnold Schwarzenegger Opus. Magnum Opus, I would say. Magnum Opus. Well, there were a lot of Magnums in it, yes. They they used Um, a lot of Magnum guns. Okay, so so obviously I've seen this movie... I've seen this movie a couple times, and I didn't realize how many like jokes and tropes that and things I remembered from this movie came from this movie. Like, I, the whole five 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 thing, like that always comes to mind when I watch stuff where it's like, "What's your phone number?" Oh, five 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 one three four six. You know, wait, everyone can't start with five five five. Oh, that's why we have area codes. Like, great line. So, what did you guys? Obviously, I'm. I don't know when the last time you watched it was, but but what did you think rewatching it now? What came to your mind? Was it enjoyable? Did you hate it? I'll go first. Yep, go um, I still like this movie a lot. I liked it a lot. I think I saw it in 94. Like we missed it at the theater because like the negative buzz. And I don't think my parents rented it either. I'm pretty sure I saw it on HBO. And I loved it as a 14-year-old kid that really liked movies, right? I got it right away. I got what they were going for. And at 40-something, like, that was really able to transfer my brain back into that spot of like wonder, right? Cause this movie is a lot about, you know, the innocence of wonder and like, and when, when fantasy is pulled into reality, how it destroys fantasy. Like it's so, it's such a, it's so meta. And that really wasn't a thing in 1993. It was way ahead of its time, way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a great commentary on action films of the 1990s and 80s, specifically the 1980s, right? Like, I think I think it holds up. I think it's better than it was in 1983. Hmm. John? Well, I just watched it like a few hours ago. Uh-huh. So. Have you seen it before? Yeah. Yeah, I'd seen it before. It's better than I remember. A lot of things we've reviewed have been better than I remember, actually. But, you know, that's what happens when you go from old black and white movies to new versions. It has some issues, I think. I think it was a little bit too long and it could have, it could have cleaned up a lot, but yeah, I agree with JD that it was a little bit ahead of its time. Like now everybody's about meta meta commentary and, and, and self-deprecating humor and, you know, Deadpool's leading the charge on that. And now everybody's trying to copy that, but this had it way back when, And, and it was, I think it, it feels unpolished. Like it could have probably used another rewrite and and cut a few scenes, but the bones are are there and it's still worth watching just because it makes more sense now than it did then to watch it. You know, like you get more, yeah. you get more now. Like they, they did, they they pointed out everything except the Wilhelm screams. You know, and and I don't even I, that's one of the few movies I think I've ever watched that didn't have a, a Wilhelm scream in it. But uh, other than that, and the, the kid actor was not great you know he was always yelling you know his voice got a little ragged it got annoying at the end and he he could have used a little bit more direction but again overall it it's worth watching as as kind of a wow you know it it still points out all the stuff that that's really interesting now that it did back then but now i think the the i think the audiences are more mature I, th- I think the movies we make these days are a little bit more mature and, you know, they they don't lean so much on stuff like, oh, you know, the unending bullet gun and, and that sort of thing. And it, and now it's it's kind of it's more funny to point that stuff out. So 
like I definitely agree with both you guys. This movie was way ahead of its time. And if you like really break down the ideas in this movie and what it's doing, it's brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. but the problem, I, the problem I could see, especially for a 1993 audience was, and it's funny cause it's written by one of the, some of the, the, the best action movie writers and directed by one of the biggest action movie directors. And, but the whole thing is the movie within the movie, the, the action movie is so over the top, but that's it's, done on purpose. It's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I can see why people that are an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan and went and watched predator and the diehard movies and all that would get upset at this making fun of, of that, the way that it did so hard in this movie. There was a lot of pointless stuff in it too. Like, I mean, they had so many cameos, but the cameos didn't really make sense in in the in the construct of what they were trying to do with the movie, the the commentary they're trying trying to I think um, that's give a, to us. I think that's a commentary on cameos in movies because at yes. the time you were having a lot of people show up. Like, remember Sean Connery showing up at the end of Robin Hood? You know, oh, yeah. Like you had a lot of a lot of movies that happened in in the early '90s where actors were just getting cameos that kind of made no sense. So I think these were like again a lot of this movie is a wink and a nod. And again, to a 1993 audience, I don't think they were ready to to make fun of what they liked. Like I don't. I think they they're a little bit of that Snyderism, if you will, where if I'm la- if you're laughing at this thing that I like, you're making fun of me. Well, like, and there's some cameos like you blink and you miss them. Well, the, the, the uh, Robert Patrick Trigger. walking yeah. out of the police station in the in in the same uniform he wore in in Terminator Two. You know, it was one just mm-hmm. before that. I forget. It was another another cameo just before that. It's got a lot in common with like a Wayne's, you know. Yeah. Speaking of Wayne's World, like the Damon Wayne's Chevy Chase cameo, like yeah. I, like, could you see those two hanging out at a movie premiere? I guess I can't think of anything that they <laughs> yeah, did together. It's, it's just there to be there. It's like a send. It's a Hollywood send up. And this comes out comes out in a time when Arnold is trying to get away from his action hero image a little bit. Yes, and like trying to 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 show his range because this is also the era. You know, he comes off of Twins, and I was like, man, this guy's a good comedic actor, and he makes Kindergarten Cop. And oh, there's some other comedies. Twins. Yeah, Twins is one I mentioned first. He's done um, a handful of these, and they're good. They're all pretty good. Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. That was, oh, after, that was right. after this. But I mean, like, yeah. he's like really, and I don't think people were expecting that Arnold. I think people were just, because again, the mar- I think the marketing campaign was off for this movie. I don't think, I don't think they sold the meta idea hard enough. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think they should have focused, I think they should have focused on the kid more than Arnold. If they had a better actor for the kid, or he was better think, directed, um, he he is. If you go back and you listen, his voice, he's always yelling, like it just and it's always. I mean, it's got, John McTiernan directed it, so I mean, like that's kind of like he's not known for working with like kids, but again, he's an action. Mm-hmm. Like these are all people with bona fide action cred that are trying to make fun of themselves. So I think he's not supposed to be subtle, the kid, but he probably should have been because he's supposed world. to be from the real world right yeah and mm-hmm. but there's also no you know this kid didn't have much of a career after this like he was kind of plucked from obscurity and the only other thing he really did was a sequel to die hard or to uh to me the sequel to my girl i don't know where i got die hard from <laughs> like he's in the i was way off on that like he's in that and then he kind of kind of disappears i think right oh uh, is it austin o'brien austin o'brien yeah Lawmower um... man too that movie sucks. Uh, oh God, that might as well not exist. Yeah. Stephen King very pissed about that one. Sued many, many an occasion. But he's yeah, done some right. stuff. Like, but I mean, like, really? 
you know? Exactly. He's not, but then again, a lot of child actors didn't want to be. Oh, he was in Apollo 13. Yeah. Some whiz kid. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, he did some stuff, and he's been. Oh, he was kinda... in both, both one more man's. Yeah, he yeah. Played, probably played the same kid. But he's um, like, you know, yeah. nothing since 2015, and even then it was. Yeah, I mean, like it didn't, it didn't, that. it didn't quite work, right? And maybe he's not the best casting they could have had, but at the same time, like you know, maybe there's that kid wasn't that guy wasn't there, right? Like I don't think he's bad. I think he does. I think he does the child wonderment thing fairly well, actually. Like maybe it's not the best traditional performance, but I think he plays a kid overwhelmed fairly well. Like I believe, I believe him. I believe that this is how a 13 year old kid would act in this situation. Yeah. I mean, and they can't have anyone out act Arnold. That's not true. People have done that. Like he, he, Arnold always does well when he's with, against people who are considered stronger actors than him. Right. Mm, yeah. Like look back in his career, like even Conan, he's against James Earl Jones. Yeah, right. that's true. Danny DeVito's a better actor than him, and he really helps elevate his performance in Twins. And Danny you know? DeVito did the cartoon cat in this. And that, again, it's looks awesome. like... It's awesome. Yeah. Again, it's so over the top, but again, it's supposed to be. They're making fun of the stuff they did. And again, just, I think, right, timing, like when, right? when the lieutenant is, or the captain, I'm sorry, is yelling at him, and like he's just spouting nonsense. Like he's not even saying anything. Like the captain in Lethal Weapon. Like yes. it's the yelling at him again. Shane Black, the guy who created Lethal Weapon, is writing this thing. Yes. You know, so it's like it's cliche. It's intentionally cliche. You know. And again, I I just I guess I just appreciate that stuff. You know, and mm-hmm. I love Charles Dance as the villain. Yeah. Yes. No, he was he was he was the one of the best parts of this. He's great. He's like in the real world, the bad guys can win, and you hear that, and you're like, damn, he's right. Yeah. You know, and that's a great comment. This is why yeah. we watch these over-the-top action movies. I was going to say, and then, like, one of the brilliant things about this movie is the over-the-top action movie, The which, you know, you're supposed to consider it as gritty or whatever, is taking place in the pristine L.A., mm-hmm. where the real world is in the actual gritty streets dirty streets in new york you mm-hmm. know and it's just like it's it's such a contrast and it's done so well like it is yeah i think a, i think a more modern take of this could have been better because again this is really kind of breaking the barrier for this you didn't really have these like genre bending super meta pieces of fiction at the time right they just they weren't really in the mainstream so i don't think they really knew what they were doing like this movie kind of kind of treads some new ground there just isn't especially in like adult fiction like this is a kid's story right but it's like made like a hollywood action movie. but yes. it's really a, it's really a young adult story and they you know? this was yeah that there nobody else tried to do this so they yeah. didn't really have a template think, for it yet. no they were figuring and which is the point the point was not to have a template so they didn't really have their head wrapped around it it's a it's a remarkably noble experiment for a film mm. I, I truly believe that yeah i mean the biggest action star of the time the biggest yeah and and willing to like make fun of his career basically by doing this like yeah i know all the movies i was in were stupid you know like 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 that that's brilliant i think one of the only things and i wanted to ask you guys about this one of the only scenes that kind of i want to say bothered me but this didn't ring true was mm-hmm. when the guy breaks into the danny's apartment when oh, his yeah. mom leaves for work and the guy breaks in. It just it did not feel like a real robbery. Like, and and like you're trying to make one feel real and one feel fake, and you turn up the hokiness to make the things feel fake. I feel like 
I don't know. Like, it just seemed weird. And I know you can't PG 13 movie. You don't want to like, and it's a kid. You don't want to, and it's the nineties still, but I don't know. I feel like they could have done something to make that crime feel more real. I mean, they like, were, they, they were trying to, to that, that was the stinger of this is the real world. This is, these are, they're, they're trying to show us stakes, you know? Right. So I think this is just a case of them. Like I said, they're figuring it out. Yeah. Right. And I think in this, in that case in particular, you kind of lean on what you know and what you know is the stuff you're making fun of. So you kind of, right. you kind of, you know, while trying to do a setup of something in a moment, you actually kind of become that thing because that's what you know is that thing. Right. Like I said, this yeah. movie, it hasn't, it doesn't, it knows what it wants to be, but isn't a hundred percent sure to execute. That's why I said like another rewrite uh, and, and no, cut I it, cut it down just a little bit. And it would all like, tighter and better. I kind of like the flaw. I, I enjoy watching a piece of art or looking at a piece of art and seeing the flaws in it and, and judging it. And like, it is what it is in my mind. Like, you know, I think the, sometimes I think that we, we worry about trying to perfect something instead of just let a thing be a thing and like, okay, this didn't work. So now things beyond it can work better. You know, like I said, I don't think they mm-hmm. really knew what they were making. And I said, I flaws in films don't, like that don't bother me. Like, like it's like things you, tr- when you try something, when you shoot for the stars and you fall, I kind of respect that. Like I kind of go, okay, this has some, some bumps. And sometimes those bumps are what makes something I appreciate over, you know, then right. something that feels like overproduced, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I think we, they overdo it with the rewrites. They try to make it so perfect and so smooth. You lose some character, you know? And I think as character of, as not in the characters, but character of the film itself, like I kind of, I kind of think they wouldn't let that mistake happen now. And I think this movie, because it has that flaw, is maybe a little more interesting as an experiment. Maybe not as a movie in and of itself, but like as when you're like critiquing or watching a piece of art to have to have those little moments. Like, I don't know. I kind of enjoy. Yeah. I like when things don't work all the way, you know? Yeah, I don't disagree. But again, like I like you're not wrong. No, you're not wrong at all. Like, I don't know. You're totally right. It, they, they become what they're making fun of. That is a flaw. But the fact that the flaw is there kind of entertains me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because they do everything in their power to contrast the two worlds. Like even the, even the simple thing of like in the movie world, he listens to you know rock music because that was what everyone did in in those movies at that time. Mm-hmm. And then when he's in the real world and he's talking to Danny's mom, and there's classical his... music playing. Yeah, and he's like, mm-hmm. "What is that? Oh, I like that." You know, so it's classical in the real world. It's rock in the in the movie world. You know, that they do a good boring. job setting up the dichotomies. Yeah. Right. And how the real world it should be a little bit more. But even in the quote unquote real world, it's still a movie world, you know? Because yes. Well, when when you when the guy when he shoots the eye and his eye explodes in the real world and it still explodes and explodes big, you know, that was kind of a break in the it is the, but again, the continuity they're trying to build. Yes and no. Like I say, like you're still doing that though. Like it's still a movie, it's still the movie they're making. So you're right, but it still kind of work. I don't know. It still kind of works for me, because again, if his brains just splatter out the back of his head, I mean, yeah, that's more real. But then that's I don't not feel PG thirteen. Like, <laughs> it's not PG thirteen. It's also not as fun. Yeah. Right? Like part of the movie, part of what I think this why this movie works is because it's fun and it's very clearly a YA movie before they knew what YA was. Yeah, right. True. Right. Right. So again, the the tropes and idioms of young adult fiction aren't there, but they are. You know, like they got they got it like. 90%? Yeah. I mean, let's, let's look at the basic premise of the movie, where it's 
it's a ticket that was given to the old projectionist from Harry Houdini, and it was a magic ticket that allowed Danny to go in and out of the real world. There's no like, there's no explanation or setup of how this works, why it works. There's no consistency in how it really works either. You know, where I do kind of think that's one of those things they wouldn't so much allow nowadays. Like, I agree. I think, and here's the thing: is I think they would over-explain the ticket if it works. Yeah. Right. I think there had been like a history. We'd have seen a flashback with all the people who have held this ticket. It would have been forged in the heart of a dying star instead of just For, being... forged in Mount Doom. And yeah, and it... of course, when you have a golden ticket that Harry Houdini gave you, the first thing you think of is I'm going to tear this in two. Yeah, I always wondered about that, too. But I mean, like, <laughs> but it makes for a nice shot. So, again, it's a movie like it's fantasy. Like even though we played as reality, it's very clearly a, a fantasy. Right, a fantasy. right. And I like, like I like I don't know. I I dig the fact that it's magic. We don't have to explain it because like who is the audience? The audience isn't us. The audience is thirteen year olds. Right. Yeah. Which is part of the problem. I think this movie was marketed in. Right. It was marketed as an Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie, not as a young adult mm-hmm. movie that happened to have Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not as a send up of an Arnold. Schwarzenegger. You know, it's yeah. just like yeah, it's it's. I think that this movie comes up today there's differences in it they market it a lot better but i don't know if it's better i'm trying to think are there were there, who were there any big young child actors in the early 90s that could have been a better a bigger name for for arnold to play off of that may have drawn in a younger crowd jonathan taylor thomas okay yeah I don't think they wanted that though. I think they wanted like they were going for an everyman, like some. I think the fact they were looking for someone unrecognizable is easier because then Arnold is the star. If it's Arnold and Jonathan Brandis, or, or Jonathan Brandis was the one they could have used, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I think that becomes a star vehicle for the two. Whereas when you put this unknown kid with Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's very easy to have Arnold be the paragon, right? Because he's Arnold. Right. There's this. There's this. There's this unknown with him and the risk is maybe the kid's not that great jonathan taylor thomas probably a better actor in 1993 but you he's you got the cult of personality around him and maybe that would have been a better move marketing wise because he's in a very similar movie at the same time called page master about a kid jumping into books oh i remember that yeah right yeah it's very it's a very similar movie but the tone is different and this one's better right because they took it a little more even though it's it's silly they took it more seriously so mm-hmm it's a different it's a different movie at that point i'm not saying it's better or worse but it's it's different like you almost lose your verisimilitude by casting a star as danny for miss say that part again verisimilitude verisimilitude yeah everybody the knows that word of the podcast i learned what? it from the richard donner the making of super, richard donner superman he had that <laughs> word printed on on the set every day what, like, once again sesquipedalian vocabulary that's why i'm a writer but i like big words <laughs> and i cannot lie <laughs> damn it <laughs> that song so yeah, i don't know it's a different movie it's a totally different movie if if a star is danny maybe it works better i don't know but it is it's definitely different at that point point. Hmm. and if they were to remake it today everything is so different now would it work i don't think it would it's different we don't make the we don't have these alpha male action films yeah we don't have the old style theaters anymore either we don't we don't like and they were dying at the time too which is why that worked Mm -hmm. because those theaters were becoming a relic of a bygone era and now arnold schwarzenegger the persona is a relic of a bygone era so it becomes a different movie it becomes a flashback it becomes a piece of nostalgia as opposed to a piece of social Mm -hmm. commentary 
Yeah, they, they've they've yeah. already gone full full circle on those kinds of action stars because look at they they're just sticking them in the Expendables now, and even that yeah. even the Expendables is right. Uh, and that's and the thing. That, you make, that was a full ex- send up. In the movie. You make the this movie today a lot more common with this than it does a lot of those action films. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, exactly. You make this movie today, you throw the Rock in it, and then it's like, and then it's probably easier to get there because the Rock, the Rock has got Schwarzenegger's career continue, but he's better. Right. And he's he's a little bit easy. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's debatable, but I mean, like the rock can easily slip into that comedy and like you kind of get the hint of what he's going for a little bit. That's the move, though. If this was today, it would be the rock playing that role. Mm. And but it's it, it's different. Like I said, if you did this movie today, just took the same constructs. It's a kid watching something on a DVD. Right. That's something that his dad showed him. Because again, he's looking at a relic of a bygone era, and he's yeah. brought into this. He's brought into like a super wired up version of the past. I wouldn't even say nostalgic, but super like you know, like imagined, right? Hyper imagined version of the past. Right. It's a different movie. It's actually, it's actually a fascinating experiment. I would like to see that. What the last action hero movie twenty twenty two would look like, you know? Yeah, curious. Deadpool. It looks like Deadpool. <laughs> it's very. I mean, honestly. <laughs> like- the the DNA of Deadpool comes through this movie, without yeah. a doubt, without a doubt. Because they're making fun of the same things in a lot of oh, oh, absolutely. Deadpool, you know, targeting the superhero genre specifically, but a lot of those tropes in canon. Oh, it's probably a superhero movie too. If if we talk about last action hero today, the last action hero would probably be a superhero. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it would be like a made up, like yeah, the. Condor Man, something like that. Yeah, these, like these Slater oh, movies. Oh man, I, for, I remember that one. Yeah, because that's like we don't have, like I said, we don't have these hyper alpha male, you know, testosterone slugfests anymore. They don't make those. Like they're a product of a bygone era. Yeah. They just released a new Predator movie where the the hero is a like a teenage girl. Yep. I haven't gotten to it yet. Me neither. I really want to. I heard I heard great things about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of a movie. Like, like the that. Marvel movies like that, but the heroes are so much more feet of clay. Like the heroes in the Marvel movie are so much more grounded in reality as far as their character goes than the guys Schwarzenegger played. They're way more relatable. Way more relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Because those guys were comic book heroes or what we would think of in our head of a comic book hero. Not what a comic book hero actually is. Well, a comic book hero as told by a 13 year old. Yeah. Where you miss the subtleties. Right. And the idea yeah. of a, of a, that's the other thing. The other, the, the idea of a two dimensional action hero is not there anymore you know like no intentionally we've gone we've moved away because we as a society have moved away from it right that isn't even and that's kind of i think this movie is telling us it's time to move away from it i mean even the later movies with schwarzenegger in it that were action movies he's more of a rounded character i think the very next movie he makes is true lies i think that's more of a yeah he's more well-rounded of a character than he would be in like raw deal or like uh commando a decade hmm. earlier yeah. right like he's evolving his in the 90s we do start evolving that stuff i do i think this movie is almost like an epitaph of 80s action movies where you're like okay this is what these were it's time to move on because it is it's pointing out the tropes that we all recognize it's very it's it's a lot like scary movie was in like the late 90s too and scary movie mm-hmm. pointed out all the tropes of the horror movie which had become the slasher film in particular mm-hmm. had become repopularized because of scream you know, oh. Siri movie is a send up of that, which screams basically a send up of those movies that came before it. You know, oh, Hot Shots. Hot Shots is another one. And Hot, Hot Shots, Shots Part Two. I love those movies, the Zucker Brothers movies. Yeah. They're more slapsticky. Where this mm-hmm. is, True. this isn't slapstick. Like, this is, there's stakes in this movie, 
right? Yeah. It's a it's a comedy, but I mean, like, it isn't. I guess it's a fantasy. Mm. Is one yeah, it didn't feel like about. a comedy at any point. No, really. but there's laugh, there's laughter in it. It's mm-hmm. almost like a it's almost like the prototype of a Marvel movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where you got these <clears throat> fantastical elements, these big action scenes, you're it's you're having fun, it's tongue in cheek, but not super tongue in cheek, but there's actual stakes in it. Like, and that's Shane Black. Shane Black's a you know brilliant writer who has always kind of pushed the limits on what a genre piece could be. You know, the yeah. guy who brought us Predator, the guy who brought us Lethal Weapon, the guy that brought us the Monster Squad. Like, this is just kind of how his brain operates. You know, it's a logical extension. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm um, not to say in this movie, I'm surprised. I think <laughs> I think I would put that to our audience. If they were to do this movie today, how would you envision it? I'm curious. I know I, Randy will answer that. I, got, I'm, I'm, I want to hear what Randy and Ray have to say specifically. Yeah. Because they have interesting thoughts. Don, too. I want to hear what Don would say. I want to, because like, those guys have interesting thoughts on these kind of things. Like, I don't know, man. I don't, I'm surprised that no one has tried to tackle this again, even in an era where we wax nostalgic on everything, even like cult yeah. classics. And I don't know if this movie ever attained like cult classic status. Well, I mean, it had a budget of 83 million and made. It was supposed to be a hit and it was not. 85 million and had and made 137 million. So, so it yeah. made money, but I mean, it's still considered like a failure. Yeah. Because the expectations were just so high. Yeah. I mean, especially when you look at like Terminator 2 came out not two, long before. Two years this. before. Yeah. I mean, and that was a huge hit. So yeah. I just wonder if they weren't ready for this type of Schwarzenegger movie. No, they weren't. That's... You know? The audience at the time wasn't like again i do think they went so hard on parodying parodying the action movies with you had a cartoon cat walking around for for christ's sake which the, we did not see in the trailer so if you're not if you just expected a schwarzenegger shoot him up you're like there's a cat there's a cartoon i mean and, like and a black and white humphrey bogart i mean don't and a black and white humphrey bogart yeah i mean there's just a little like your villains are good. Like Tom Noonan and, and Charles Dance are really good villains in this movie. But I can see it being too much for people in that era. There are, mm. There's a mob boss who's killed, whose name is literally Fart, and they put a gas bomb in him. <sighs> and that was a little bit too on the nose. But that's I mean, what they would have done in those. You know what I'm saying? It like, is. It well, is. yeah, I mean, just, I, just I know for the, the puns and the, that's the, the names of the women in all of the James Bond movies, right? right? Pussy you galore, know. pussy galore. Can you believe they got away with that? No, I don't. Stunning. They made a movie called Octopussy. Yeah, that was the title. Just <laughs> talking about octopuses. What's wrong with the sea creatures? Come on now. Oh dear goddess, your mind's in the gutter. Did nobody <laughs> have have that talk with you? No, never mind. We've all seen a James Bond movie. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Like he didn't have sex with an octopus. Oh my god! Some of the stuff that I've I've heard Sean Connery has said off camera. I mean, off set. You know about women and stuff, and like, oh, that makes more sense now. Oh, he was he. I bet he was super misogynist. I mean, uh-huh. oh yeah, no, but he was old school. Oh, like, yeah, the, you know, the vast majority of he said something along the lines like of like, sometimes a woman deserves a slap, and like he would never take that comment back. Like interviews or viewers have asked him. I have heard that. I heard yeah, that. and he's like, no, sometimes they do. And it was just like, okay. I mean, the, fir- the first movie I remember seeing him in was Darby O'Gill and the Little People in 1959. So like he was of that era. You know? I mean, that's the thing. It's like your grandpa, your grandpa says things that embarrass you sometimes. You know, yeah. they're yes. from, you can't, we cannot hold dead people in particular to the standards that people have today. You just have to kind of go, well, let's what the world was like back then it would probably it had problems it had problems yes it did 
I think we've beaten this. Yeah. Have we? So worth a watch. I, I'd say it's worth a watch for, you know, people that are interested in that that type of meta commentary. I'm surprised this movie has not found a new life, to be honest with you. Hmm. Hey, maybe it starts here. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, wouldn't that be weird if all of a sudden we finally got something going? Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's this movie. <laughs> And but, oh, one last thing was, oh, I can't think of his name. The Van Damme cameo. Oh, God. Yeah. That was, I'm going to say that, I just wanted to say that that was a weird moment in the movie where he makes a joke about, oh, got to support number two. Like, people forget there was like a weird rivalry between the two of them for like top action hero. And then it's like. Well, because it supplanted the, the rivalry between Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Yeah. There's a couple of different movies where they take little shots at each other. Like remember in Twins where they say, oh, in this movie, even too, the Terminator 2, Stallone is the the, the role uh-huh. in, in that universe. Like there's always been that thing with the two of them, right? But then Stallone decided he was going to make like real movies. Right. You know, he got away. That's kind of, I think that's why this movie could be made because Stallone decided around the same time period, I'm not going to make these like super brainless alpha action movies anymore. Right. Because again, not too long. He, I think he's in the process of developing Copland at the time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, that, that sounds about right. That would be yeah. the right timing. So, I mean, well, like, remember that guy started out writing Rocky. Rocky. Rocky's not an action. Rocky is not a typical action. Movie. No, it's not. It's a Rocky drama. Is, he loses. Rocky. Like, I mean, like it's not an action movie. Rocky is not the movie people think it is. People think of Rocky, and their brain goes like Rocky Four. That is yeah. right. not the original Rocky film. No. Right, so it makes sense that he would go back to to wanting to do that stuff, yeah. yeah but it was just so, so weird, and then all got, it just made me go like, whatever happened to Van Damme? Like <laughs> he did some stuff, and like you know, it's Van Damme, man. He just he's not he wasn't as good as those other. Like Schwarzenegger, say what you want about him, he had this presence. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Like there's a charisma to Arnold Schwarzenegger, a likability. Van Damme also used was. to kick his stunt people or whatever van damme's a dick like people actually like schwarzenegger like yeah no one likes van damme or the same with steven seagal people hate steven seagal like oh steven seagal's a train wreck in a train wreck he's so he's so on the grand scheme of things you know schwarzenegger very well liked van damme he liked his movies but kind of a dick and then there's seagal (laughs) who's who who is you know, buddy, buddy with Kim Jong Un and Putin and living with like dictators. Like, this is great. I know someone that yeah. doesn't like Schwarzenegger, and she Who's cameoed that? in this movie. Who's that? Oh, oh, his ex-wife. His, his ex-wife. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, Maria Shriver. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Personal lives. <laughs> oh, oh dear. I banged the microphone. That just yeah. sounds worse than it is. I liked this movie. I like. I'm glad uh, we got to revisit it. Yes. Yeah, and it's a retro review. We won't do a score on it. If you haven't seen this movie, shame on you. Go see it. It's a good, I'd love to, I would good just... meta commentary on 80s action movies. It's a good commentary on life. I'm actually really. curious to see social media when you post this stuff. I want to hear what people say about this. Yeah. I don't, it's so out of the public consciousness mm. that I just I just wonder. I think because it got panned too when it, did. it came it got, out. It got, and I think people got are it. just... People are just automatically like, oh, that was a terrible movie. And it's like, yeah. have you gone back and watched it? Seriously. Like, yeah, people just assume it was bad. And right? and, and people that like reviewers that I, I've, I usually follow about these things and, you know, use as a sounding board to, to, to see what ideas they had about it. 
like even the nostalgia critic like completely destroyed it in like 2009 i think was when he did his review and and you know it was like it sucks it sucks it sucks it's like no i think you missed the point and i'm not sure if that is just because of the viewpoint of what age i am now or the age we are living in or you know or whatever i think it's a combination of things too Mm -hmm. because i also do believe and i'm not putting down the nostalgia critic i just think it's an internet thing where it's like Oh yeah, I, I mean, know this it, opinion is on um, this thing is popular. So as long as I repeat this opinion, right. I'll get views and clicks. Well, well, the the, the, thing, the thing is like the nostalgia critic again. The nostalgia critic now is not anything like the nostalgia critic then. Yeah. Like I think he might have had more kind of our opinion now, if he if he did the review now than he did in two thousand and nine, right? Yeah. So probably. Yeah, especially early early YouTube, early internet. It was just like right. What gets me the most clicks and likes? Yeah, so I can grow an audience. It wasn't about being genuine, you know. Like JD be, is ever or being deep and thoughtful. So, <laughs> hmm. all right. Well, that's a good place to put a pin in it. Oh, sorry, stretching. So let's go around the room. Let's see, do you have any recommendations, or did you learn something on the podcast this week, John? You can go first. That would mean I have to listen to the podcast to learn something from it. You think I listen even during the podcast? No, no. I, I, I mean. I know I think this discussion of this movie was actually pretty good, you know. I I had for I had forgotten how much more interesting this movie was than when I first saw it way way back when, probably on VHS maybe. I'm not sure when I saw this movie first. Otherwise, you know, as far as recommendations is concerned, the new book series that I'm reading now by Benedict Jacka, J A C K A. Hell of a um, name. He, he, yeah, well, that's his real name. That's an awesome name. I'm <laughs> and jealous. His, and his main character's name is Alex Veras, and he's pulling a, a Harry Dresden, and you know he's written a, a crap ton of books on, on the Alex Veras novels, and they're well worth a read. They're like one of the top urban fantasy series around right now. Cool. All right, JD. I ain't learned nothing. Not so true. I learned that uh, we can appreciate stuff that might a joke that might not have landed 30 years ago might hit different if you revisit it with some different eyes you know i'm gonna recommend pray even though i haven't seen it yet because i hope we can all watch it together i'm hearing really good things like i love the idea people are i know people are mad they're like how is how is a native american kid gonna beat the predator when a bunch of military guys couldn't do it and i'm like did you not watch the first predator movie that was the entire point Hmm. was arnold couldn't beat it until he abandoned technology and had to outsmart it. Like, that's the, literally the point of the movie Predator. So people are dumb. But I really want to see Prey. <laughs> okay. Of the um, brainless action movies, I think Predator might be the best because it, it's not brainless. It fools you into thinking it's brainless. Predator 2, a little bit more brainless. Predator 2 is a brainless. Little bit less. <laughs> I do like Danny Glover. And Gary yeah. Busey is a lunatic in it. So, you know, I have a soft spot for Predator 2. Wasn't oh, wasn't uh, it? Okay. Wasn't, was it Gary Busey who was supposed to be Arnold? They tried to get Arnold Schwartz. No, it wasn't Gary Busey. Who? It, there was another guy on there, Bill Paxton. I, I forget. They had one character on on Predator Two that was supposed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger returning as his character, and then Arnold didn't want to do it. So yeah, Arnold's like, I'm done. I'm done with Predators. Yeah, it's weird that he'd be done with Predators, but not Terminators. Like he couldn't give up the Terminator Ghost for anything. Well, was it Cameron? Right, <clears throat> Cameron. That was enough to pull him in, I'm sure. Oh, he probably, John McTiernan's a dick. He probably hated John McTiernan. Well, no, he did this movie with John McTiernan. So, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know. I learned nothing. <laughs> so, Dave. Okay. So, I will recommend that you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media at the top of the page. And of course, comic book reviews by our good friend D Square. You know, one last thing I wanted to say too, like you, John, I think this was something we, me and my friends rented, like when it came, we didn't go to the theater to see it, but when it came out on VHS, nope, we rented Nobody it. did. And hmm. I mean, the only other way to see it was to see it on network when they showed it. And it was usually they cut show. up. It was cut and up I do remember part. when it came out, not knowing who Ian McKellen was at that point in my oh, life. I didn't either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, apparently he was a big deal. That's all I knew. Like, he was like some famous Shakespearean actor or whatever. He comes in and does this scene as death at the end of the movie. It's like supposed to be like a big cameo. And now looking back on it, I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I didn't know who Ian McKellar was until I think App Pupil, I want to say, it was the first time I consciously remember him in something. Yeah, I can't think of. Because then he made the, the Gods and Monsters and then x-men right after then he became kind of mainstream i don't think i paid attention to him until x-men yeah i think that's what everybody did but i remember yeah. him i remember when they cast him in x-men i'm like that's the guy from app pupil <laughs> and then he was gandalf then he was gandalf and then oh, one of my did you ever see the movie extra i mean that movie the tv show extras on bbc no i beg that. pardon there's a show called ricky gervais one of oh, his okay, shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, I know. One of my one of my absolute favorite scenes of all time is him talking about his method. He's like, "You pretend to be somebody else, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian Gandalf. You shall not." It's like if you've never <laughs> seen extras and seen the episode with Ian McKellen, go and watch it. That's my recommend. That's my real recommendation. Go watch extras on BBC, especially the episode with Ian McKellen, because it's one of those BBC shows where there's like. 12 episodes in total something like that and that's it you know like a lot of british tv yeah and it's it's a brilliant show you should but yeah that that episode you should watch it's it is so funny and i did learn that yes you can look back on a movie with new appreciation so mm. everyone should something they didn't like before maybe go back and try again you never like, know there's a lot of failure movies that that become great when you review like the thing was considered it was reviled in the when it came out, it's considered I, one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Yeah, I, I can't. I, it's hard for me to comprehend that they couldn't see how good it was. Well, or uh, maybe well, it's just they, they, it scared the crap out of them, literally. Well, I think it, just, it was so violent and gory. Colt right? 45's theory oh, yeah. on why that movie failed is because they killed too many dogs, and white people don't like when dogs are killed in movies. That's not. It's not wrong. <laughs> Well, people, also that's through studies and that white people. Uh, if you want to, if you want cheap heat in a movie, you kill a dog. Uh, also, <laughs> what JD said, like uh, yeah, back then we weren't anesthetized to so much gore in a in a in a movie. Yeah. In a main unless you were watching like Faces of Death at the time, or something well, like, like or like an Argento movie or something like that. People weren't. You see the dog speaking of dogs behind me. He's having a yeah. good time. Like Argento movies like that, but the mainstream American audience wasn't watching you know Giallo films. You know where Carpenter's like, right. hey. I'm going to take something from there and do it even better, which he did, you know, special effects in that movie rule. Yeah. But it's jarring, man. It's a hard watch the first time you watch the thing, but it's great. You know, a lot of his stuff doesn't land right the first time, especially his eighties work. Like same with big trouble in little China. Yeah. Same with they live like, Oh my God, they live. There's a movie they should remake today. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Right. I agree. hundred percent. Careful. I'm going to make us watch that one next. On yeah. that note, before he says it, as always, thanks for listening. And don't let you get caught in the door. Have a good week.